Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Mark Immelman. I'm Chip Patterson. And as we are just counting down, just mere hours away from the start of play at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, we go to Georgia, where that is Mark Immelman. Uh, a course that you know well. You got to break down a little bit of the Tour Championship with Sean Martin. Uh, how are you doing after... After being around everything, and and as we sit here on the eve of the beginning of play, uh, are you are you prepared for the last event of the 2018-2019 PGA Tour season? Chip, you know what? Now that you put it that way, I, now I can consider the fact that you know, coupled with the uh, unbearable heat we had going on today, and walking around a big golf course uh, earlier today, checking out some of the golfers and doing a few hits for um, different institutions. I'm kind of tired, but I'm kind of jacked up about the whole thing. You know, this this event has always been one of my favorites. East Lake is just a spectacular venue. Obviously, Atlanta is very close to home. So, you know, I'm excited about this. And, and to be truthful, it's, it's hard to believe that this new season of championships is about to draw to an end. And, and in just a few days' time, we're going to crown a FedEx Cup champion. Do you or do you st- get to stay at home for this uh, this tournament? No, I'm actually in Columbus, Georgia, which is about an hour and twenty minutes from the golf course. So I could, um, but just Atlanta traffic, you know, it's quite <laughs> right, <things>. right. When <laughs> when it's your job to be on time and to be at the at the course for uh, for your many different duties and the many hats that you wear, I can understand why. Uh, while the comforts of home might be nice, uh, getting to work on time without the stress of Atlanta traffic. Uh, also equally as nice. Um, well, let's let's begin with the the format in general. You know, we're we got the comments from Justin Thomas, a thousand percent sure. I've never slept on a Wednesday night lead. Um, you know, as we've done, you and I have both done hits for CBS Sports HQ. They're mm-hmm. they're always throwing up the the leaderboard, the way it's going to start with Thomas at 10, Cantlay at 8, Kepka at 7, so on and so forth, all the way down to 26 through 30 uh, at even par. I saw comments from Billy Horschel, who is not uh, at East Lake, though a former FedEx Cup winner himself. And one suggestion that he made that I, I found interesting was, you know, maybe let's not set it all, let's not set the lead all the way out at 10. Let's back it up. You know, let's make it a little bit more volatile. Let's maybe change that as you've gotten a chance to speak to some of the players or or even some of the other media members can you get a sense for uh, the the feelings right now as we're about to start the competition of uh, what the scoring system will be like and if everybody's on board well I would say you got sort of 
six of one and a half a dozen of the other. You know, some of the players are cool with the, the idea. Other players like Patrick Cantley and Dustin Johnson, they will like, it is what it is. You know, we just got to go and play. And and then certain folks have had some interesting comments like like Matt Kuchar. He, he made a very interesting and very appropriate quip, I thought, where he was like, this is like five round tour school. And, you know, in tour school, it's a lot of golf. And so now you just got to imagine that, okay, the first round's down and I'm 10 back. And in tour school, then you go about adjusting your your, your game plan as such. Um, Mark Leishman, you mentioned to me, he's like, he's going to look at it as if um, the first uh, the, the first round is actually the second round. So mm. he's like, first round's down, I'm 10 back or whatever Leishman is. I think Leishman, no, pardon me, Leishman is nine back. So now there's four rounds left or three rounds in his mind as he's playing in his head to kind of, you know, catch up with the leader and then hopefully overtake on a Sunday. And, and and, and to me, I think the first round just becomes very important, especially for the guys who are ways back. You know, they want to try and at least clip into the lead. Was Patrick Reed said, win the day. And, and you know, Patrick Reed was just a, a, a behemoth when it came to Monday qualifying many moons ago because the guy won like eight of them. So, so if you win the day, if you're down the field and you clip into the guy's lead, there's a lot of time. Um, Bob Jones, you know, who obviously from Atlanta, Atlanta's favorite son, probably. Um, at the Masters, still, they have the 10-stroke rule uh, with the 36-hole cut because Jones believed in a major championship, if you're 10 back with 36 holes to go, you have a chance to win still. And okay. so if Bob Jones believed that, and I'm completely on board, and we're at Bob Jones's place, I'm there. So, you know, you've had some players go, well, perhaps it should have been like, last guy's at five over and the leader's at five under, and people are playing around with numbers. But the truth of it all is it remains to be seen. And, uh, you know, me, I'm calling the thing. I'm actually so excited at the simplicity of it because, you know, even up until the last shot in last year's edition and editions prior, we were waiting for Steve Sands and his whiteboard to figure out who was actually winning the FedEx (laughs) Cup. So I think this is just so much more simple and the fans are going to be able to figure it out. And the players have too. They just understand that they're going to look at this thing and as to say, well, you know, JT's got a lead, but I've got four rounds to catch him up. Who from that group have you started to zero in on uh, either at the maybe two under, one under, or even par? As maybe, And maybe it's a couple of guys, but that really might be a prime candidate to go low and to really start putting some pressure on the leaders at the top. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to go a little, I'm not going out on a limb so much here, Chip, but Rory McIlroy's at five under, so he's five back. Um, he's got a wonderful record at Eastlake. He's won this event um, back in 2016. Last year, he finished in a tie for second, but he was in the final group with Tiger Woods. Now, it's a par 70, and his average around here is about 68 and three quarters. And so he, he really plays the place well. And Eastlake is curious because, you know, so many golf courses on the PGA Tour they're dog legs that are sharp, and so you have to fly the ball over a corner so it makes fairways wider. And if you can fly at 300, typically, you know, you've got some wider targets. Where Eastlake, it's straight in front of you, and if there is a dog leg, it's very gentle. So you have to, have to drive the ball. Well, the rough in spots is punitive, this Bermuda rough. So it welcomes a guy who can hit the thing off the tee. And McElroy is second on the PGA Tour in driving distance, and he's first in the Tour in strokes gained off the tee. So... This is a guy who digs the place. He looked good in practice today when I watched him. And and so I'm like, Rory at five under will be a dangerous one. And then a little farther down, um, 
I, I, I honestly, I'm interested in Hideki Matsuyama, who showed some fantastic form last week. Um, shot two runs of 63 out of the four at the BMW. Granted, the course was receptive, but clearly he's onto some good form. So at three under, I'd pay attention over there too. So if Hideki can find his putter at East Lake, he might be a threat. Isn't that always Wait. the case? No, well, absolutely. Well, I mean, you hit the ball well. The, the, if you drive it well, hit greens, you can have some opportunities. The greens, everyone I spoke to today, the first thing out of their mouth was, the course is in fantastic condition and the greens are spectacular. And if you miss, it's basically on you. So if someone finds a hot week, you know, they could shoot the grass off this place. But that being said, you know, in recent editions, you know, if you get to like 12 under, which is four rounds of 67, you know, you're in good shape. So those guys at even par, they're going to get to 12 and just hope that Justin Thomas or someone at the top of the leaderboard doesn't go too crazy. Do you think that Justin Thomas will be able to uh, be able to keep that mindset of act like everyone's at even par, shoot the lowest 72 hole score that you possibly can? Or will there be some aspect of human nature that comes in where, you know, you're looking at the leaderboard and even if you know, maybe the birdies aren't coming real easy for JT, it, is there going to be some aspect where just looking at the leaderboard and seeing that number beside his name, either it could be a, a bonus, something that helps him, or it could be something that maybe, you know, twists his, his game plan just a little bit. Like is he, is he going to be able to stick to his word and ignore this 10 stroke lead that he has on the players at the back of the field? Uh, well, you know, I think he's saying the right things in the press conference and, and we got a precursor to this last week. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure really. I, I think, He's, he's the kind of player that sticks to his plan. He's just got to play well, obviously. Um, but it's the kind of thing, too, where if that starts slipping away, then it can get into the psyche very quickly. So I'm keen to see how this whole thing transpires. You mentioned Roy McIlroy or earlier. Do you believe that there is still a player of the year race? I would imagine this conversation is coming down to Rory and Brooks Kepka. And Brooks, um, if he has the lead, could probably only be caught by Rory if Rory's able to win this week at Eastlake. Do you do you think that that's still a debate even before the start of play at the Tour Championship? Um, if he won, I think it would get some of the players' attention because it's a player of votes. But the players will gravitate to the major championships first, and Brooks was a beast in those. And, you know, he won a World Golf Championships event in Memphis, and, you know, he's the world's number one and, you know, currently came into, won the regular season, the Wyndham Rewards. So he won the regular season on the FedEx Cup points list. So I thought for McElroy to have an argument, he had to have at least two victories in the playoffs. Now, he played okay at the Northern Trust, and he had a tie for sixth there. Last week, a tie 19th um, at, at BMW didn't do him any favors. So if he wins and he wins the FedEx Cup, I think it'll get some folks thinking at least a little bit. But I still feel like Brooks has got that thing locked up. Coming up on the other side, our predictions for what we think might happen this weekend. And of course, uh, what we imagine might be our perfect finish next. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution 
for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And now it's time for the perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light. At the end of the round, it's got a perfect balance. It's got a perfect finish. Uh, it's an Amstel Light. And so, Mark Immelman, Chip Patterson, we are breaking down what we think might be uh, the perfect finish for this weekend, the Tour Championship at East Lake Golf Club. Mark, what's your perfect finish going to be? Uh, you know, I've got a couple, so I'm, I'm going to – you need to humor me on this one. First um, – I think the perfect finish for me would be McElroy winning it again. And and like he did in his win back a couple of years ago when he holed out a shot on 16 uh, to get him to a place and he birdied 18 from the rough to get him to playoff and outlasted Kevin Chappell and Ryan Moore. The perfect finish would be McElroy making eagle at the last to pick the guys at the post and win just like he did a right. couple of years ago. But, but I, you know, for me, maybe I'm sentimental in this year, but, you know, I want to see a playoff, multiple guys, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, and Matt Kuchar. Hometown boy, well, ish, he's from Florida, but spent a lot of time here, went to Georgia Tech, and then Cooch in front of all the Georgia fans with the new format right before Georgia Tech, get this, play against Clemson in their opening game, uh, football game of the college season. And, and incidentally, I feel like Georgia Tech are going to get smoked over there, but that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> Cooch wins in front of his people here in town. All of the Georgia and Atlanta faithful go nuts. Cooch breaks out into a big grin, and he says, well, gosh, golly gee, I can't believe I won this thing. And, and so for me, even though I'd like Rory to win, I think Cooch winning would be the perfect finish. I think – my perfect finish is going to be um, getting Brooks Kepka to chase down Justin Thomas, and we get the two of them side-by-side side in the final pairing on Sunday with 15 million smackaroos on the line. And, <laughs> uh, and, that, and you mentioned earlier in the show some of the, the driving that you need to be able to, to showcase here. 
this is this is a moment where I'm looking at Brooks Kepka and I'm thinking, you know, this this tends more to be it's not a major championship, but it certainly is a major big time event. And so my perfect finish would be Brooks Kepka reclaiming his spot on the number one at the number one spot and uh, and winning the FedEx Cup. Okay, and and, to, and and if I might add to that, you know, because Brooks has said to everybody um, in in the press, you know, he plays he, baseball is his favorite sport, but he plays golf because he's good at it, and you know, he he only focuses on the big events and he doesn't really play for the money; he plays for the titles. Well, I'd like to see him take that fifth, those fifteen million smackaroos and say, "Yeah, you go East Lake Foundation. Let's continue to build houses around the golf course." And I think that would make it even better. Hey, he he would certainly win some hearts and minds if he did uh-huh. that. And that has been the perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light. At the end of the round, uh, get your playing group together, go to the nineteenth hole, and grab yourself an Amstel Light. It's got the perfect finish, perfect balance. As we look at some of the the names that are not here at the Tour Championship, uh, a Jordan Spieth, a Tiger Woods, you know, for for some of those players when they miss the cut, what do, what does that do um, in in your experience from you know talking to players and covering the PGA Tour? Is are there unique motivations that come from not making the top thirty, especially when you might be one of those players who, who considers himself? among the best two dozen or so players in the world. No, absolutely. Absolutely it does. I think with Jordan Spieth, for argument's sakes, this just galvanizes his resolve and and gets his nose to the grindstone even harder. He's been working so hard in the technique, and now this is two editions of the Tour Championship he missed. Last year, remember, it was by one spot. So I think for Spieth, it just it, it bears him down more. Um, for Woods, he, he made a comment uh, last week, I believe it was, where he was like, the new young player is just super aggressive and they just play hard and they play aggressive and they catch lightning in a bottle once or twice or three times a year and they win and then that's kind of them. You know, Target to me is always, he's predicated his self on consistency and he's always been massively consistent. The 15 majors, obviously, but you know that cut streak of his was unfathomable. So, you know, not making the top 30, I think will... Well, I, personally, I believe it'll it'll sort of you know rub Tiger up the wrong way and, and and get him get him like he said into the gym, getting his body strong so he can work harder, so he can come back stronger next year because he doesn't want to be a one trick pony and he doesn't want to be the guy who won the Masters and then sort of rode off into the sunset. He wants to be mixing it up with these top twenty nine players on the PGA Tour and he wants to be beating them like he did last year. So I'm sure with Woods, it, it put a burr under the saddle also. I t- I also found those comments interesting and the the idea that uh, uh, I believe when he was elaborating on he said you know we used to see guys they would just hit one irons off the tee just go and get it in play and you were just you were trying to make cuts make cuts make cuts uh you know hinting as you mentioned that the, the hope for some of the younger players or the the next generation you know making cuts does not matter nearly as much because the money, I would assume, you know, these aren't his words, the money in the game has changed so that if you can really fire yourself up and have those couple good weeks a year, that could, I mean, that's enough to be able to make your, make your money for, for the entire season. It's, there's not that, that stress and that pressure just to be within the top 75 as long as you're popping up, putting top 10s, top 5s, and, and a victory together. Is, does, 
that mean that the the Tiger Woods approach to how you schedule a season uh, is going to change, or is he, do you think that you know he's still in the process of figuring out how he relates to the competition, treating uh, treating the day in day out of the PGA Tour with a little bit of a different attitude than his generation. Yeah, I think your points are very well founded. Uh, the, the thing with Woods scheduling is important, but the thing with Woods also is, you know, I'm 48 years young, going to be 49 in a few months here, and, and and I don't go through the rigors that Tiger Woods does, and I haven't had multiple back surgeries and a knee surgery and Achilles and stuff, and, and you know, every day you wake up and you feel different, and so he, he can schedule appropriately, but it's how the body feels, and you know, no one was expecting him to show up after a couple of weeks off with a bad oblique muscle at the Northern Trust Open a couple of weeks ago. You know, and then he looked better last week and he looked like he played into some form, but it just was a bridge too far. So uh, for Tiger, it's going to be hard because the, the competitive fire burns bright. You can see it. And I've seen it when I've been out in the course with him. But it's just hard when you, you, you're older than your contemporaries. You've got lots of game. You've got the mental guile and the acumen that he does, but then the body just doesn't want to play along. So uh, I think it's going to be emotional as an emotional and mental battle as much as anything because, you know, you might wake up one morning and you're just not there physically. So it's going to be hard, but he's, he's, he's going to have to somehow figure out a schedule where he has a few starts and gets some continuity because that's the only way that, you know, you can play into top form to compete with these youngsters. No doubt. Um, okay, you've been out on on the course. You've been talking to the golfers. You mentioned Rory McIlroy at five under as a, a player to watch in terms of that East Lake experience, allowing him to help chase down the the players that are starting at the top of the leaderboard. Do you have a another? Let's as we call it on the expert picks. Do you have a, another sleeper pick to offer? Um, I, I spoke with the guys at Sportsline, and I said keep an eye on Abraham Answer. Um, he's starting at four under par, and he's got all sorts of confidence going on. It's his first trip around Eastlake. Um, but, you know, I spoke with him and I was like, hey, congratulations, because he had solidified his top eight spot for Captain Ernie Els's International President's Cup team. And he was over the moon, man. You couldn't wipe the smile off his face. He's going to be the first Mexican guy to represent uh, the, their country on the international team. And so he's coming in here. He's got a lot of confidence. He played solidly at the Northern Trust. I think he was a uh, runner-up there. Yeah, he finished second at the Northern Trust Open. So watch answer. He's very reliable off the tee, and he's a he's a streaky putter. But, you know, JT takes a lot of beating. Cantlay is going to be tough. And all the top five guys will be tough. But John Rahm just looks like he's about to explode at any time. And the way he drives it and the way he's playing right now and the confidence he's got going on, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if he's a part of the storyline Sunday afternoon. Do you have a do you have an official pick to win? I'm with McElroy. Rory McElroy to win. You heard it here first from Mark Immelman. Uh, Mark, thank you so much. You you wear so many hats. You've been so busy, and we appreciate you taking taking some time here on the first cut. Enjoy the weekend. We will link back up on Sunday evening when we have a FedEx Cup champion. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Mark, and you guys take. Care.